never say die! Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 257 of 40 Going On 14. I am Mike. I am Patrick. I'm Joel. And I'm Josh. And parents are disappointed in me. Not just my parents. All parents. Everywhere. Just instinctively. Something they're just born with. Like a scent you give off. Uh, That might actually be it. (laughs) Oh, what is that? I am so disappointed. After a certain (laughs) age, you start to smell failure. (laughs) Oh, disappointed. Wow. Uh, I can't. I can't. Can't wait to get to that age so I can smell myself every day. And just be like, Ugh. it's a smell you make when you get up in the morning. Ooh, I've been making that for years, and I'm disappointed. Kinda like smells like maybe pring- I do have a kid out there somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> Pringles and ham. Ooh, mm. yeah, I know. Good. I just realized it actually sounds pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> if you like Pringles and ham, and who doesn't, you might like the shows on the Podcast Collective, such as On the Block, Dating Baggage. I am Salt Lake, Tales from the Hard Side, and of course, the Rad Dad Radio Hour. Pringles and ham. Yeah, and you're looking for our, our, our uh, older stuff. And we've got stuff at iTunes, Blueberry Stitcher, TalkShoe, Podverse FM, Noon FM, and most recently, iHeartRadio. And if you're looking to give us a rating, you can either go to iTunes or podchaser.com. Podchaser, IMDb for podcasts. Not podcatcher. Not pad podcatcher. Podchaser. Podcatcher comes later because you pod- chase the pods and then you catch them. Oh. See how that goes? Yeah. If you want to uh, possibly give us a call and uh, let us know what you're thinking, give us a call at seven zero eight now. Wrap seven zero eight six six nine nine seven two seven. And I we have we have a voicemail. We, we have another voicemail, yes. Yay, all right. So let's uh, see what they have to say. Light the voicemail beacon. Hey, 40 going on 14, guys. Listener Karen here. I just want to drop you a message, tell you guys I love you, I love the show. And for what it's worth, I thought the Hunger Games series was definitely worth watching in its entirety. Um, but, Mike, I think it makes a lot more sense if you try to watch it in order. Um, anyway, I am looking forward to the parents episode, and one question I thought I'd pose is, uh, are there any family traditions that your parents started that you now carry on as adults? Um, okay, truth be told, I just really want to know if Mike throws a turkey carcass in a tree every year. <laughs> okay, bye. Wow. Listener, Karen, you have impressed me. <laughs> Yeah, that's a deep, deep cut. That's like yeah, that is. that's like pre uh, episode fifty. Is peanut butter and miracle whip a tradition? No, that's that's an abomination. <laughs> what what I think is awesome is on Facebook finally uh, encountered someone else who grew up with it. Really? Yeah, we'll put up a like a weird food combinations that you've had that other people think are gross, and someone who wasn't me put up the peanut butter and mayonnaise sandwich. Yeah. So now there's two of you. No, that, was my, that was my fake Facebook profile. <laughs> we we demand to be taken seriously. There are dozens of us. Dozens. You've got better things to do than make fake Facebook. Oh. No. Maybe no. not. Not even a little. <laughs> I'm trying to think if there is anything, but... Uh, better for me to do? No. like No, traditions. No, oh. hanging, hanging the turkey carcass is still a thing. What, traditions for what? What did she say exactly? If, any traditions that we've taken from our parents. 
Yeah, like family traditions, they started that we've continued. And I'm sure there's stuff that I only do it because that's how I learned how to do it, but nothing comes to mind in particular. Not saving a damn dollar? Is that a tradition? Drinking oh, until yeah. you cry? Is that something? Right. I don't think these are traditions. I think. They're... Oh, yeah. <laughs> the show's getting dark. <laughs> is it about that time? Oh, it's definitely about that time. This week in music, movies, and TV. Pringles and ham. <laughs> Pringles and ham doesn't exactly roll off the tongue. Well, not if you sandwich them together correctly. Right. If you chew it, yeah. I, I don't think Mike is eating his Pringles and ham right. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, there's a way. Uh, if it's rolling off the tongue and onto your lap, then Pringles and ham, right. Pringles and ham. <laughs> so sounds like the same song that dude. What was the, the song that won Eurovision like about two or three months ago in the Twee with the great name? Damn it, I can't remember. I got no idea. I got nothing, man. Sorry, man. I'm not even messing with you. I no, have no idea what you're yeah, talking I, about. I, oh, it's it's. I do, Pat, but I can't think what and, it was. Anything involving Univision, I'm out. <laughs> no Eurovision. Eurovision? No. Oh, what's Univision? Univision is the Mexican channel. I thought that was when you have an eye patch. <laughs> well, that's the healthcare plan for unicorns. Univision. Oh. Oh, jeez. So music. Oh no, no, no. Twee theme. You probably should know what date we're doing. Holy crap! The unicorn threw me off track. Uh, <laughs> September twentieth, nineteen eighty-seven. Other things you never thought you'd say. I know, right? The year Parenting Magazine debuted. So we're actually doing this week in 1987. Right. Something we haven't done in a while for this weekend. No. All right, so music. The number one song in the land was I Just Can't Stop Loving You by Michael Jackson. Great song. Absolutely. We celebrate his entire catalog of music. Including Ebony and Ivory. No. Yep. yep. No. No. We Every time celebrate. Pat doesn't celebrate it, I celebrate it twice. And I celebrate it three celebrate. times. No. I celebrate it a half a time. Well, I guess the math works out. <laughs> <laughs> is, is that it on Michael Jackson? No, no there's no. another Michael Keep Jackson reading. thing. Okay. No, I was just waiting to make sure you're done with that. Uh, September 12th saw the beginning of Michael Jackson's Bad World Tour supporting his Bad Album. Not that it was a bad album. It was an album named Bad, which was a good album. It was a great it was very album. very confusing. Yeah, outside of Thriller, that was one of his best. Yeah, I would say so. Yeah, he actually uh, let Weird Al Yankovic use the uh, subway set that he used for the bad video, and it wasn't a bad video. It was actually a great video. A good video, yes. Yeah, good video, but the name name of it was bad. <laughs> horse die, horse die. <laughs> uh, and finally, on September twenty third, Bob Fosse, 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 Twyla, Twyla, famous choreographer and director, did his final jazz hands. When his heart exited stage left, even his heart was absorbed. Exited, exited stage left, even. <sighs> All right, movies. <laughs> the number one movie in the land was Fatal Attraction. Reminds me, I gotta buy a rabbit. It's a pretty good movie. Yeah. It was. I saw a comedian once talking about how, um, like, it would have been a totally different movie if Kirk Douglas had been cast instead of Michael Douglas. <laughs> <laughs> You boiled my rabbit. <laughs> <laughs> On September 19th, at the 12th Toronto International Film Festival, The Princess Bride won the People's Choice Award. Inconceivable. As it should. Yay. One of my favorites. I think it's one of all of our favorites. Oh, absolutely. Definitely. Uh, top, the top five movies all time. Top yep. 10. 
Uh, I enjoy it. What? That's why do you uh, not have enthusiasm? I like it, but it's not in my top. It's no human centipede. Fifty. Jesus, dude. What? Yeah. Shame him. Boo. Boo. Shame. 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 I get enough of that on the street. Stop. Well, now you know why. <laughs> that because you dress like a horror. What? Boo. <laughs> Mud. Slime. Boo. Bow to the, to the king of refuse. The king of filth. <laughs> I said I like it. I own it. I own two copies, actually. If you don't love it, then we don't want to talk to you. <laughs> Shut uh, up. Born on September 22nd, Tom <laughs> Felton is best known for his role as Draco Malfoy in the Harry Potter series. And does a great job in those two. Indeed. I think he did a great job in all of them. I thought he was good in uh, Rise of the Planet of the Apes. He was, I did not know he was in that. Mm-hmm. Oh, what did he play? He was um, the assistant to the Ape. owner of the zookeeper. Well, not zookeeper. <laughs> to the regional manager. No, there's a there's a, an ape refuge where James Franco takes um, Caesar, and he's like the the right hand man of the owner of it, and he's a he's a bad dude. He like mistreats the the apes. Yeah, he's not a good guy. Currently in a TV show called Origin, where he plays somebody named Logan. Hmm. Maybe he broke the typecasting, and Logan's a decent fellow. A group of strangers struggle for survival aboard a spaceship heading to a distant planet. As Logan tries to kill them all. (laughs) (laughs) Mary Astor, born May 3rd, 1906. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. That's not a good start. Was best remembered for her role as Bridget O'Shaughnessy in the acronym of the week, TMF which I'm relatively certain was Tarantulas, motherfucker. (laughs) (laughs) Samuel L. Jackson's uh, epic. We can do that on the spider show. (laughs) Priest snakes on a plane. That is actually, I believe, one of uh, Josh's favorite films, uh, The Maltese Falcon. Yes. Not quite top ten. Casablanca is, like, number one. But uh, Maltese Falcon is definitely my second favorite Bogart film. Yeah, good stuff. That is good stuff. Uh, Mary Astor overcame personal troubles to win an Academy Award for Best Supporting Actress for her performance in The Great Lie. She died of pulmonary emphysema on September 25th. (gasps) Absorbed. (gasps) Dude. Sorry. Spencer Treat Clark, born on September 24th, is an American actor who has appeared in several films, including Gladiator, Mystic River, and Unbreakable. Treat is such a weird name. I mean, is that is what's the etymology on the name Treat? Somehow it's weirder as a middle name. Like Treat Williams, for some reason that's a name that makes sense to me. Yeah, Spencer Treat Clark. I mean, that's not a that's not a name. That's a that's like a, a short that's sentence. A sentence. Yeah, that's, yeah. A, that's a declarative sentence. Spencer yeah. Treat Clark. Oh, thank you, says Clark. <laughs> that's a long name. <laughs> It's like there's a lot of confusion in the room when he was born. Spencer and Clark, you know. There's also a non-zero chance that I was accidentally going to say Mystic Pizza instead of Mystic River. <laughs> I had to catch myself at the last second. Uh. Oh, that is yeah, that is a bad cutoff right at the word. Yeah, Mystic. do not autofill. <laughs> Man, I remember watching Mystic Pizza. I wonder if have we done a rom-com show? Not specifically. No, but. we've talked about it, and it almost seems like it's an overbroad topic. Yeah, we have to find like two taking yeah. place in an. I east- do love a good rom com. 
I, I actually do. like a good one as well. There's so many bad ones. Like when yeah. Harry Met Sally is one of my favorite movies. Okay, I would not have called that a good yeah, one. Yeah, I would oh, not say. Oh, show your face. I love that movie. I'm not a fan of When Harry Met Sally. You people are are communists. I'm especially picky when it comes to romantic comedies. Now, Josh here tossed this one out there. What about Best Friend's Wedding? You know, that was pretty okay. That was all right. I like that one. It was. It's in. It's in my above the fifty percent line for rom coms for me. When I think of an unusually good rom com, I'm thinking like Ten Things I Hate About You. Oh, that's a good one. Dead to me. <laughs> we all know you have that love for Tom Hanks, so you can. TV. I love Tom Hanks. That's when, Harry, when Harry Met Sally didn't have Tom Hanks, it was Billy Crystal. Was it? I think you're thinking Sleepless in Seattle. He is definitely thinking Sleepless in Seattle. Sleep- or maybe Sleepless you've got mail. Yeah. See, there's oh. some Tom Hanks or Billy Crystal. Just toss a dart and you've got Whoa. one. Oh, oh my God. Oh, no, just no. On and just shut your face. Yeah, I'm gonna disagree on that one politely. Your face hole. Shut it. You're unusually <laughs> hostile about this topic. <laughs> just. Just making a point here. I mean, for for of all things, I think this, you would this get is a preview of how the rom com show will go. <laughs> so why did Forty Going on Fourteen stop getting made? Well, we got into an argument about romantic comedies. <laughs> the unreleased <laughs> episode where Patrick went ballistic. <laughs> Mike said something about love actually that just really set Patrick off. <laughs> I with okay. I gotta hang in. Double back to love actually here. So my family for a while. They would put on Love Actually at Christmas. Apparently, it's like a Christmas movie. Is it? It's a pseudo-Christmas movie. So I go to my parents' house for Christmas, walk in the door, and the scene where they're shooting the porn is on TV, and they're doing like the fake blowjob scene. And I walk in there, and this is what's going on on the TV. And I'm like, hey, how's everyone? Merry Christmas. What the hell are you watching? Oh, no, it's a romantic comedy. I'm like, is that what we're calling it now? This is... <laughs> but then there was uh, what's his name naked, so that was cool. So did the porn on Christmas tradition? Was that something you carried on? <laughs> yes. Me <laughs> too. What a coincidence! <laughs> Alone <laughs> by myself. All right. So TV. The top shows in the land are The Cosby Show, A Different World, Cheers, and The Golden Girls. We could have put surprised? that and three other shows in a hat. Pulled them out, and it probably would have been the same thing. Yep. Yeah, why is uh, Night Court never on there? It it made it once. Yeah, I miss Night Court. Harry Anderson. I, I wish they would remake that because I want a reason to watch all the Night Court. Mm. When was the last time you watched it? Probably. It's a little dated, but you know, it's not it's not bad. Did not age as well as I had hoped. I yeah. haven't seen it in a long time. I yeah, haven't either. You might unfortunately like might want to let that one live in your memory. Ooh. John Mulaney as uh, Judge. Ooh, as uh, Harry Anderson's character? Uh-huh. I can see that. Oh, that would be great. Who would be Bull? Dave Batista. <laughs> <laughs> oh, damn it, I was going to say The Rock. <laughs> yeah. No. I just want to see Dave Batista in anything. No, this right. is a TV show. We're not talking about making a movie. We're talking about making a TV show, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Though, Are you saying night- you wouldn't turn in weekly to watch Dave Batista? Well, he wouldn't do TV now. He's too big. Well, I mean, but to play have him play Bull, that would be fantastic. All right, so anyway. John Cena. Ooh, but then nobody would see him. <laughs> that was so dumb. Womp. Wow. Danielle Panabaker, American I can't actress. I you made a wrestling joke. <laughs> <laughs> and we all got it. Right? Uh, Danielle Panabaker, American actress, was born September 19th. 
She's known for Disney roles, Scream Queen roles, and is now a recurring actress in the MCU as Caitlin Snow. And farmer, so no, my dad doesn't know me. I can blame. <laughs> what was that? Are you having like she's, a seizure? No, she's not in the MCU. She's on the Flash. That's DC. Oh, sorry. Well, yeah. whatever. I just, I, I. You can't what? say whatever. You can, whatever. Was, whatever. DC, Fine. Marvel, whatever. Yeah, I don't know. I, Some movies. I, with, I saw a superhero name, and I was like, you know, probably MCU. So. If you'd rather not be able to tell the difference between Marvel and DC. <laughs> I I picked that one. Obviously. I guess. Yeah, and she's also leg- uh, Caitlin Snow. She plays a uh, Killer Frost in Late Legends of Tomorrow. Neat. Yeah, man, she's, she's been on a lot of stuff. Yeah, Supergirl, Arrow, Legends of Tomorrow, and The Flash. So. All right, DC. I'll correct that. B. We'll fix it in post. Yeah. A- actually, um, <laughs> so. <you're- laughs> Dan Rowan, American comedian known for Rowan and Martin's Laugh-In, died at 65 on September 22nd, and he got it socked to him. He was absorbed. Damn it. That sucks. Well, I'm, I was going to say that's too young, but 65 isn't really that old. No, I mean, plus, I mean, it's Dan Rowan. Come on. 65 really isn't that far away. Shush. Oh, fuck. <laughs> Dude. Just saying. 19 fucking years. How crazy is that? What this is why I'm trying to live a little healthier. Oh, maybe I'll probably be the first one to go. Stop <laughs> snorting crack. You'd be all right. None of you fuckers can die before me. Hey, it's in moderation. You don't tell me what to do. I'll die if I want to. I'll be the first one out. I'll fuck with all of you. <laughs> I will shoot myself after this show. Just to block that, please. <laughs> Let's not trigger our competitiveness here. <laughs> So what happened? Well, first they broke up because of romantic comedies, and then they all died on a suicide pact. They're all just trying to be the first to go. <laughs> Who would edit this show and post it? The finished audio is 22 hours, mostly gurgling. <laughs> well, we finally got famous. <laughs> oh, Jesus. All right. Set it up to auto-post a live leak. <laughs> right, on September 12th, the animated crossover that everybody was looking for but nobody knew that they needed, The Jetsons Meet the Flintstones, premieres in syndication. Both that was those shows so suck. good. Oh, oh. Have you seen it? No. Dude, it is... I hate the Jetsons un- and I hate the Flintstones. Ugh. What? Man. How can you hate the Flintstones? They suck. It's boring. What? Oh, it's not what? funny. The same gags over and over again. Wrong, wrong. The animation is crap. Well, okay, I'll give you that. But we didn't. It was For like the, the 60s. Nobody it's knew. It's a living. <laughs> Shut hey, up. Marsha Marva. Uh, darn it. Never mind. Marsha Marva? I was going to say <laughs> Marsha Marva. I'm like, no, it's the Great Gazoo, is what I was trying to think of. Yeah, and the oh yeah, yeah, the great okay, gazoo. There is no defense for the great gazoo. I'll give you that. Okay, that was kind of that was kind of fucked up. Great gazoo. He's the snarf of that show. Happy anniversary, happy anniversary. Snarf. Yes. Moving on to sports. Sports. On September 16th, the California Angels Bob Boone caught his record 1,919th major league game in a row. He had to have no cartilage in his knees. All Does right. that help you play baseball? No, the catcher is the guy who always has to squat behind home plate. Oh, yeah. So ah, okay. Yeah. Constantly up and down, up and down, up and down, up and down. And, and yeah, catchers are known to have bad knees. I guess that makes sense. Say that again slowly. <laughs> up and down, up and down, up and down. <sighs> Put Phil back in the background. <laughs> yeah, this is why we keep him in the background. I like it when he bounces. 
<laughs> hey guys, what smells like copper around here? <laughs> On September 18th, the Detroit Tigers' Daryl Evans became the first 40-year-old to hit 30 home runs in a season. Good on Damn. you, 40-year-old. Yep. Another thing I'm not going to do. What, make to, Oh, no, you already made it to past 40. Never mind. <laughs> San Francisco 49ers wide receiver Dwight Clark's NFL record streak of 105 consecutive games with a reception ended on September 20th as the 49ers beat the Cincinnati Bengals 27-26. Cool. I mean, it sucks for him that it ended there, but, I mean, that's that's a lot of games. Especially considering you know the, the NFL season is 16 games. That's more games than the Cleveland Browns have lost in a row. <laughs> That's more games than the Cleveland Browns have won ever. Did we just have two sports references that weren't from Pat in the same show? Right? What's going on here? He can't see me. <laughs> oh, crap. The Cleveland Browns are currently tied at 14 versus the Jets. I wonder <laughs> if this joke is going to be out of date by the time the show goes up. <laughs> So topical. And then lastly, on September 21st, the NFLPA, the National Football League Players Association, began a 24-day strike. And Dwight Clark is like, damn it, you couldn't have broke this one day earlier. <laughs> but, um, yeah, and, well, play us off, keyboard, Joel. All right, so, parenthood. Parenthood. Some of Not us the Steve Martin movie. Are it and know it. Some of us may be it and not know it, he says, looking at Pat. <laughs> if you're out there, leave me alone. <laughs> if you're out there, stay out there. <laughs> All right. So, uh, yeah, this week we are talking about parenthood. Parents went back when, you know, what our parents were like when we were kids. And for those of us that are parents, what are we like? And what is the whole parenthood thing about or a boot if you are from Michigan? So what did your parents do for a living? Did I mean, here's, here's something weird. Did you know what your parents did for a living? Or did yes. you just know your dad left every morning? <laughs> for cigarettes. <laughs> my, my dad worked uh, any minute now. <laughs> I, knew, yeah, I knew what my dad did uh, early on. My dad uh, always came home uh, several times in his work truck, actually. You know, he would come home in you know, his work outfit. And everything. My dad was a, a telephone install repair guy for Southwestern Bell. The entire time I was growing up, and before they were bought out by AT and T, um, and like I remember, um, my, they made, they made a deal. My my mom and my dad, when we were both, my sister and I were both young, that he was going to work as much as possible and work overtime and all that kind of stuff and make as much as he could, and she was going to stay home with the kids and raise us, um, and be a stay at home mom, you know, and and so he worked a lot of hours, um, and we spent most of our time with our mom. Womp womp. What? No, no, that's just. I mean, it was, I mean just how it was. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that's my my dad got up every morning and you know he was gone before I left for you know before I would get ready for school and it wasn't until I was in high school that he was waking me up because he had to drop me off at the train or drop me off at the bus stop before he went to the train. Uh, I knew he worked at a bank. I had gone to see him several times and he was at the he actually was at Continental Bank in downtown Chicago years ago when they still existed. Wasn't sure, and to this day, I'm not entirely sure what he did, but I know he had a nameplate, so that's kind of cool. <laughs> like, could have been a personal banker. He could have been a uh, like a. He wasn't like a teller, though. Or anything, no, right? God, no. He was. God. He was like, uh, what's the word? He was. He was in. He was a VP of something. Undercover is the word you're looking for. Yes, he was undercover. He was an undercover brother. <laughs> really undercover. Yes. 
Oh, uh, I forgot to mention, by the way, uh, one of the cool things about my dad's job is um, whenever he would go on strike, I would get to go with him. What? So you'd get yeah. to yell at the scabs? Yeah, and like you would just go and join the picket line. You know, it was an excuse to get to stay up late and stuff, and and hang out with my dad, and you know, and and stick it to the man. <laughs> Damn the man. So what would they like give you? I mean, what did they what did they make you do? Bust kneecaps. <laughs> well, he was down there already. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, how, how do you think I learned to withstand a bunch of tear gas and mace? I thought it was just your personal uh, approach like to cologne. women. <laughs> right, it's your musk. Ew. So you could have just told people the last couple of years, I'm not unemployed. I've just been on strike. Ooh. <laughs> right, yeah. Local CWA. <laughs> One member. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sticking it to the man. <laughs> the man being myself. Oh, boom, boom, boom. Um, well, I, I, yeah, I knew what my, my parents did. Uh, my dad was, ever since he got out of the military, after he fought in Korea, he was self-employed. He's never had a boss. Um, and the two things that he did um, for income was he uh, had rental properties that he managed. And then he um, had a gumball business. So oh, wait, in, in, what? What? He had a gumball yeah, we business. talked about this in the uh, vending machines episode. Mm-hmm. Huh. I must have I must have blocked that out. I kind of remember that. You should. That was the show we had to record twice because our recording dropped. Oh, that's right. <laughs> Why do I remember shit like this? <laughs> um, so in the basement, you know, he had uh, all the machines and he had a, uh, a place where he could like paint them if they needed to get repainted. And he had all the boxes of um, gumballs off to another area. And so he always had one box that he had open that if my brother or I wanted gum we could go down and just reach into the box and grab one of the gumballs um and then we'd go out with him sometimes and uh, refill the machines and he you know he'd take the the change in the big um burlap sack thing and you know we'd take it to the bank or he had a counter back at the the house um so he could throw it in there and count it too um and i don't remember like him ever doing anything other than that until he retired um and he still manages properties um, uh, a little bit, but mostly he you know, does plays the stock market and um, sleeps. <laughs> but uh, my mom, she was um, a social worker for most of my life. She worked with refugees. She would uh, bring uh, Vietnamese, uh, Laotian, and Hmong refugees over, um, and Korean also. And then later on, she kind of switched to placing um babies that were up for adoption she would fly over and then bring them back uh then she before i hit high school she shifted gears got her uh master's degree and went into um school social work working with uh, troubled kids so she would do like the special ed and and the kids with behavioral problems and things like that um so she's always been in some format of either social worker education uh when i was growing up and she she was busy like all the time. Uh, I swear, both my parents were hardly ever home. I was a latchkey kid, in all honesty. Um, for I, my part, uh, oh, no, go ahead. Go, no, 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 go, go, go. Oh, I was gonna say, for my part, uh, I knew that my dad uh, was generically a printer. A- after he got out of the Navy, uh, for my dad, it was Vietnam, not Korea. But he went straight from the military 
into uh, work at R.R. Donnelly and Sons, and he ended up doing just about every job you could do in that building between the time he started fresh out of the military and when he retired and ended up staying on as a consultant for the building, like doing HVAC because he was the person that knew the facility better than anyone else. (laughs) That's crazy. Yeah. He ended up, I think he either started as a typesetter. I think he started as a typesetter when they had to actually set metal type. Wow. And was in the electric shop for a long time, but I know he did customer service, financial printing, running the press room for management. He was like uh, the manager on duty for the like third shift for a while. Um, Yeah. Did all sorts of stuff. Uh, throughout a career, just one of those things you don't uh, see very much. First job is also practically your last job. See, that's something that just doesn't happen anymore. Yeah, my, fa- my father was the same way. He worked for 43 years for Southwestern Bell slash AT and T. Exactly. He retired with him. Yeah, that's and exactly that's- what my dad did too. He he retired with with well, actually, by the time he retired, he had survived three or four takeovers. So Continental Bank over his career had turned into uh, Bank of America and he survived every single one of those takeovers. Huh. Yep. Same with my dad. Yeah. My mom uh, was stay at home mom until we were in, I want to say high school when she started working at this uh, church that was also the school we went to for elementary. And when that church closed down, she continued working for the church that the congregation moved to. And she also worked for Joanne fabrics for quite a bit of time, kind of in the middle there. I know that before we were born, she had some other stuff like receptionist at a dentist's office kind of jobs. But Hmm. when we were actually growing up, I don't remember her working at least until I was about to graduate into high school. I think she might have started when I was in like seventh or eighth grade with the uh, Joanne Fabrics stuff and then uh, the church all pretty much up to her death. Uh, oh. Yeah, she was one of the uh, her and the church organist slash uh, uh, janitor who is actually uh, Jen Bowder's father. Yeah, we're oh. there pretty much longer than everybody else survived a number of changes in pastors. Wow. The ones who really run the church. Well, that's, yeah, for a long time, yeah. Church secretary and the organist slash janitor were, in, in some ways, like the the heart and soul of the church. It's yeah. in, interesting how different things are. Because even my mom, who, granted, she kind of shifted careers um, midway through her life, but you know, she was with the same um, social work ag- agency for. Uh, most of the, at least the first half of my youth. Um, but to, to think about each one of your parents were at their respective jobs pretty much their entire life. That's crazy. I guess I, I bucked the trend a little bit. Well, I think all of us have. I mean, right now it's not, I mean, you know, I recruit for a living and it's not uncommon for people that I'm hiring to have, you know, before they're like 35 to have four or five different you know, jobs, you know, and back then, you know, it's like my dad, he worked for the bank forever doing bank stuff. <laughs> no, I, I just blows my mind that that would, that was ever a thing. Yeah. I, I wonder if we're really the first generation Gen X that started the trend of like every couple of years, whether by choice or not, you end up 
moving jobs, maybe entire careers. Well, and is it, but is it uh, us wanting to do that or is it that the way that, that the corporations are run is causing that? You know what? Uh, part of the thing is like when I recruit in looking at people, if they are at a location now, now being in the same place for longer than like three years is actually seen as a detriment. Cause that's the, crazy. Isn't town. that nuts? Cause it's like, I mean, when I first started recruiting, I'm like, Oh wow, this person's, you know, they've been in the same company for X amount of years. You know, they're obviously very, you know, solid. Don't they have any drive? Yeah. I was like, why they, why haven't they tried to go anywhere else? I'm like, well, shit, maybe they're just comfortable. You know, and why they, hasn't the company done something to get rid of them? So they must be doing something right if they've been there for 10 years or whatever. I, I know it's, but it's, it's just a whole conversation of it is really kind of weird that, you know, you would have this idea that if you don't move careers every two to three years, there's obviously something wrong with you. It's just yeah. crazy. Isn't it nuts? Because where I work now, there are people that have been there for 30 years and that's not uncommon. I mean, the, the, the median age for anybody that's worked there or y- number of years that they've been there is at least five on average. And it just kind of goes up from there other than, you know, the new classes that they're hiring now. But so that just, I don't know, that just seems really backwards. I, I don't that's know, man. the way your, your, your position looks at things. I don't get it. But anyway, we're talking about parents. Yes. <laughs> we went sideways there for a minute. And I went all Jackie on that. So, um, do you know how your parents met? Uh, I happen to know. Um, uh, one of the reasons I, I put that in there, uh, my mom was also very briefly in the Navy and I'm, 99% sure that's how they initially met. I also know that uh, when they were dating, uh, my dad had a couple of other girlfriends and uh, the wedding to some people was sort of a surprise. I know they got married on Halloween. Hmm. That huh. was their anniversary. And uh, yeah, that was that was a thing. Um, I don't know exactly the, the story. Um, I, I have this vague recollection that my mother has told me at some point, you know, they got married in 1963. And the only thing I remember that my dad ever said to me, um, was he, say, he's like, you know what, um, attracted to me, your mom, uh, you know, initially. And I, what's that dad? She had great tits. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, all right, thanks dad. I don't need to know that. Uh, I'm going to go, go I'm going to go. I don't know what to say. <laughs> I'm going to go talk to the therapist. So, yeah, that's as, as far as I know, that's <laughs> that's the extent of it. In, in his defense, I've met your mom. <laughs> <laughs> You've met both my mothers, uh, but we'll get to that later. So, Pat, you know how your parents met? I do. Ooh. I know precisely. <laughs> Shortly um, after you were born. <laughs> Hannibal, Missouri, which is a shit kicker town uh, north of St. Louis on the Mississippi River. Um, my my father was born and raised in Hannibal and was one of the local bad boys. He used to drive like souped up cars, get into car chases with the cops and shit like that. Um, and like just, you know, your, your typical, like, you know, uh, small town James Dean kind of guy. Nice. And uh, my, my mother's family moved to town and he uh, basically decided uh, he, he kind of he saw her and just kind of took a liking to her and found out more about her, found out where she lived. And he used to just drive his car back and forth in front of her house until she would finally come out onto the porch and everything. And you know, they would just start talking and stuff. Huh. And um, they kind of fell in love with each other and started, you know, 
Next thing you know, she's pregnant with my sister, and they get married. That was in 1968. Hmm. They they were going to get married anyway. They had plans to get married, but they just kind of moved up the date when she got pregnant. Our parents weren't that far apart in their anniversaries. December 11th, 1968. Wow, that is not the sort of information that I'd remember. Like I can't even tell you for certain. I'm a little embarrassed about this. I, I like because Facebook reminds me. I know when my dad's birthday is, but I couldn't tell you how old he is. Um, fun, just a funny story. Um, my mom told me once about uh, when she was dating my dad. Uh, being a small town, uh, they had like you know the little police uh, blotter blog thing in the paper. <coughs> is that how they got their first picture together? <laughs> <laughs> and um. And, you know, my, my mom, my grandmother, my mom's mom always uh, would like scour the paper looking for his name. And, and he'd be like, your boyfriend's in the paper again. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty, actually pretty funny. Yep. And their picture hangs on the post office wall still to this day. <laughs> I mean, you know, he's the guy that put a cherry bomb in the police captain's window, shit like that, you know. Wow. Yeah. Like the small town hijinks, but it seemed, you know, when you, you seem like the bad boy, you know, when, Explains a lot. Yep. Uh, my parents met at a, at the bank. My, oh, yeah. My 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 mom was a she teller. Was <laughs> Wait, what? She was robbing the bank. Yeah, she was robbing. She was in the vault wearing a mask, and he came in, and there was they met eye to eye, and that there was, was a it. kerfuffle. Yes, and then they fuffled, and I was born. Um, <laughs> no, apparently from hearing it from. My mom's side of it is she was working as a teller and my mom was, you know, the cute 70s or, or 60s uh, pop girl. You know, that's sort of like imagine somebody who would be hanging out with Andy Warhol type of thing. It's kind of look that she went with. And uh, apparently she was at the teller line. My dad worked in the coin vault at the time. So in, in, in possibly the lowest point, both physically and rank in the in the bank. At that time, he was like the, the guy who rolls coin, saw her and walked into a pillar. And one thing I remember her telling me is that my father was a, believe it or not, my father was kind of awkward when they met. And one of the things that she said that was he had never taken like the plastic wrapper off of his mattress. So he got the mattress delivered to his house, put it on the bed and just like put a sheet over it. So it was still wrapped up. And he apparently survived on like pop tarts and waffles or something. I mean, he really, <laughs> so, but yeah, they, they met at the bank where he worked for the rest of his life. Well, he's not dead. So I was going to say that sounds very final. I mean, I literally, I, I just saw him a couple hours ago. So I'm relatively certain he's not dead. Now I feel like I have to call him. Might explain some things. How he ate the neighbors. So, yeah. So did you guys ever get in trouble when you were a kid? Oh God, did I ever? <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, for me, uh, I, it was either grounding or when I was little, it was almost always mom with a wooden spoon, fucking wooden spoon. Oh my God. What, like, like I'm pretty sure she broke one at one point. My mom broke one on me and that just went bad for me because I like blocked at one point and she broke it on my, like the, my forearm, <laughs> which hurt like hell. I know. Yeah. Uh, and then she was mad at me because she I broke her spoon. 
Right. And I think I was more afraid of her calling dad at work than I was afraid of the wooden spoon. I have a distinct recollection of her trying to call my dad at work and me running to another phone and dialing it so she couldn't <laughs> get through. Just keep yelling no into the receiver. No, no, no. Now, here's the thing. What did you do? Right. What, what brought on the wrath? I mean, there's all sorts of stuff. Like, there was just general misbehavior, smartassery. I mean, it's in my brother's baby book that his first words were Josh hit me. <laughs> <laughs> like his first full sentence. Why am I not surprised? Yeah. So, and I was constantly <laughs> uh, in trouble. And once I got a little bigger, the, uh, the spanking stopped and uh, I was grounded so often. And mostly by that point, it was me being class clown because I'd been skipped a grade and was kind of singled out for it. So I started my probably still yet unbroken streak of procrastinating to try and, I guess, fit in was how it started, like not doing my schoolwork when I should. That was and my yeah, biggest I was, thing. Not, yeah, I was constantly being grounded for that. Not doing my homework. And then I get, I get detention for not doing my homework. And then I get busted at home for not doing my homework. My, my my we had the wooden spoon. My mom always jokingly every time when we go to like a cooking store, she would see one of those spaghetti servers, which is just like a flat wooden spoon with the wooden spikes on it, and she'd be like, "This is what I need." <laughs> it's like, please don't do that. But then she upgraded. That's basically a mace, mom. <laughs> <laughs> That's that is a medieval weapon. What you have right there. Um, but eventually she upgraded to a wiffle ball bat. So, because got you know she's a little bit shorter than me, and I got I got tall enough where I was able to dodge. She got the bat, and uh, she would go at the back of the knees, and eventually she did it like this. She did it like that. Yeah. No, oh God! <laughs> All right, I'm gonna pour myself a drink. You guys talk amongst yourselves. <laughs> uh, but no, she she, and here's the thing: it's like the, the wiffle ball bat. She go after me, my sister, my my brother with it. And eventually it cracked. And when she would swing at it, the crack in the wiffle ball bat would make like this whistle. <laughs> so to this day, if that note ever hits, the three of us will like shudder and dodge. It's just Man. like ingrained. The fact that she didn't react when I was chasing Matthew around your yard with a croquet mallet. Yeah. It's coming into stark focus. It's <laughs> just kind of like, hey, it's Saturday. Of course he gets a chase by a croquet mallet. Makes a lot more sense now. Uh, my whole thing was I mostly avoided punishments. I was uh, on the surface mostly a good kid. I just uh, my sister drew most of the attention from my parents because my sister was much more blatant about her m misdoings. She her whole philosophy was I'm gonna do what I want when I want to do it, and I'll just face the consequences later. And huh. she didn't bother hiding stuff very much. So I flew under the radar a lot by watching what she did and just would do the opposite. And I did what I wanted, but I kept it all to myself and hid it all. But when I did get caught, that was when everything went real bad. <laughs> so here's the question: What is? Oh, wait, I'm sorry, Joel. I didn't get. We didn't get to you. What's a, What's the punishment oh, for you guys? For you? The, the, I'll keep this short. Um, I was kind of like Pat. Uh, I in my household when we were little, um, the threat of of a spanking was always the the main form of punishment. But my brother was such a terrible kid that. I could have pretty much murdered somebody and been fine. Uh, I didn't, but I could have. Oh, I only ever remember getting punished once, and uh, should have done everybody a favor and murdered your brother. Oh, <laughs> I still. But it would have solved a problem, and you wouldn't have been punished. That's that's sad, but probably true. Um, 
<laughs> Jesus, that got dark. Um, <laughs> oh, oh, wait for it. We got a lot of show in. left. Yeah. <laughs> but but uh, that was it. Yeah, just the, the one time that I remember. Now, when I was little, I mean, I, I for all I know, I could have got spanked for something at some point, but I don't remember most of that. So I, I think I got enough punishments from my brother that I didn't need them coming from my parents, in all honesty. My mom threw a saucepan at me once. Was there sauce in it? No, but it went right past my field of vision, like inches from my face, bounced off the wall, and I looked at her and she just went, I meant to miss. <laughs> <laughs> now, you're the oldest, right, Mike? Yeah. That's interesting. So am I. And we were the ones that, we were the ones tanking for our younger siblings. Oh my God. Yeah. I am so sick and tired because they doing shit and that, me being like, are you kidding? Why yeah, are you they? note that Patrick and Joel are the younger siblings. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So interesting there. What well, is the most trouble you ever got into? Oh, I'm sorry, Joel. Go ahead. Oh, no. Go, go right ahead because this ties together. And then. So, the oh, most trouble you ever got into when you were a kid? I already told you mine. So, I, I don't even know what I did, but I just remember getting uh, punished. Uh, basically, the equivalent of like a grounding, but it was just for the night. So, that's, yeah. I'm, I'm really vanilla. Dude. Yeah. See, I, I, I'm sure that uh, somewhere there was something worse, but when I wrote this question, I had a particular incident in mind, and it was really, really dumb. It was before, or right as I was starting to procrastinate class clown to try to unsuccessfully to fit in, and uh, I was in such a small school that frequently there were two or three grades in the same room, and I was constantly in whatever the youngest grade was. And I remember I must have been in like third grade and uh, a couple of the fifth grade boys uh, talked me into uh, in order to be cool or whatever, to try try and get acceptance. uh, They talked me into going into the bathroom and writing a swear word on the wall. With what? With what? Well, that's the thing. Uh oh. Is I was not slick. So the the teacher saw me in the small classroom, walk over to the box where my pencils were, get out a pen, go to her desk and ask to go to the bathroom, (laughs) go to the bathroom, come back, go back to the pencil box and put the pen back in. And then she immediately went to the bathroom and found fuck written on the wall. Wow. In pen. This isn't exactly the plot to heat, is it? No, I was not a master <laughs> criminal. You, didn't, you couldn't have even gotten into the original Ocean's Eleven with that. No, I, I was in, and that was the thing is I was in so much trouble. And I'd like to say that I redeemed myself and uh, was seen as cool by the older kids by not turning on them, but I tattled so fast, <laughs> and I was definitely a pariah. I, I was cemented as a pariah for like the rest of my time there. <laughs> oh man. And I was, I was like literally grounded for the rest of the school year. Wow. All right. So yeah, tying into both things for me, the punishments that, that I had and the worst trouble I ever got into. Um, I mean, my parents were not above spankings by any stretch and I, I got soaped in the mouth, all kinds of stuff, you know, oh, huh. I've never really been that, soaked. Huh? I I did. Oh my god, I had totally forgotten. Not only did I get liquid dish soap, I eventually got Tabasco'd. What? Yeah, Yeah. for swearing. Holy shit. Well, I smarted off to my mom once and ended up with a bar of ivory soap stuck in my mouth for about ten minutes. She's got good aim. Yeah. Um, But uh, (laughs) the most trouble I ever got into was the time uh, 
I got to figure out how to give you the truncated version of this. I got I got caught. I mean, as much trouble as I got into when I was uh, in grade school, the worst part uh, was I got caught uh, in the te- in one of the teachers' lounge going through one of the per- teachers' purses. Oh yeah, I remember this story. So yeah. petty theft then. Well, it would have been petty if it hadn't been for like the thousand dollars worth of cash plus all the jewelry and all the other shit that I had on me. Oh so. my god! Yeah, I, I got taken to the vice principal's office and he told me to empty my pockets and the look on his face when I just kept reaching. It was like it was like watching like some you know some some guy in the corner in New York you know re- removing all the Rolexes and shit. You know, I was just like pulling everything out of my pockets and wads of cash. And so yeah, when I got home, my mom. Uh, beat me until she was exhausted and the belt was broken. Holy shit. Yeah, that was the worst beating she ever gave me and it was just so frustrating to both of us because I knew she couldn't stop and she knew she couldn't hurt me at that point because I was I mean, I was I was a, you know, I was twice her size by then, you know, my mom's not a big person than I was already at that point. It was just it's not a good time in our relationship. <laughs> it was a rough time. I was not a good kid. I believe it I or was, not. I, I was like I was like Nelson from the Simpsons. I was I was not a good kid. Believe it or not, I was kind of lippy when I was a kid. <laughs> yeah. Good thing you got out of that. I know, right? <laughs> okay, so I don't I, I don't know what I did, but I did something to the point where my mother looked at me, said, get in the car, drove me from where we lived to downtown Chicago where my grandparents lived, which was about a 40-minute trip, pulled up, to their house, their apartment building in like in in Chicago, like just north of the Loop, Chicago. Pulled up to the house, stopped, unlocked the doors, and said, "Get out." Did not speak a word to me on the entire trip. The door <laughs> oh, uh, doors unlocked. You're like, am I about to get whacked? Get out! I got out of the car. My grandmother was at the door, and she was like, "Let's come on in here." And I spent a week at my grandparents' house. <laughs> I don't know. I I don't know what I did, but it was it apparently it was pretty bad. One one summer I spent a month up at my grandmother's in Hannibal. Ugh. That that's a that's a story for another show. Now, uh, the thing my parents actually I don't say not they didn't find out, but when I was in high school, me and my 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 buddy, my friends in high school, Dan and James. Dan and James actually wound up in the military and James recently shot himself so that's that but um dan's still doing all right he was he's a good buddy of mine so um we were going to play paintball (laughs) a bunch of high schoolers gonna go play paintball in a public park at two in the morning and we pulled the car into the parking lot ran around for a little while dressed in camouflage with back when the paintball guns were actually spring-loaded versus the co2 canister so they actually look like shotguns and we left one in the back seat of the car. So we're running around outside the front of my high school. And we come around the corner and James is like, what are all those lights? <laughs> there was like six squad cars around this little Chevette that had like the shotgun, the paintball shotgun sitting in the back seat of the car. We buried the guns that we had at the time. And anything else that we had came around the corner, and it was the first and only time I have ever had a real shotgun leveled at my chest is when we came out around the corner to the police. Um, that happened in high school. I did not tell my parents until two years after I was married <laughs> that that happened. 
But uh, you don't want to talk about then and now. I mean, that happened to me 1988. Yeah, 1988 is when that happened. And the police, you know, they had me hands behind my back, face down in the grass. We're all crying like little girls. In the meantime, the cops are playing with the paintball guns and, like, shooting them at each other and shit. And they, they were like, now what are you going to do? Like, we're going to go home. And what are you going to do when you get home? Nothing. We're going to stay home. We're never leaving. And the cops let us off with a warning. Wow. Yeah. That's a different time. Totally yeah. different time. So They would have made the news. Oh, my God. I would If that happened now, I would still be in jail. But yeah, that was, I mean, that was just a really kind of like, and, and like I said, after I was, after, after I was like, hey, remember that weekend that I spent at Dan's house? Yeah, this is what actually happened. <laughs> Did you guys go back and get the other guns? Uh, eventually we, we, we went back to dig them up, but uh, it, it was just, it was just one of those things like all three of us like, this is it, we're going to jail for the rest of our lives, man. I want to be somebody's bitch. Yeah, it was it was pretty bad. For playing paintball at two in the morning on school grounds. <laughs> paintball at two in the morning, school grounds, dressed in camouflage. With lifelike weaponry. Yeah, pretty much. You know, you just reminded me of something I haven't thought about that my parents never found out about. Until now. Dun, dun, dun. Uh, yeah, I, mean, I, I don't know if my dad listens to the show, but uh, if he did, he'd find out about this now. Um... A couple of friends, including Brian um, and I, were really upset about some of the people who had bullied. And I, I think Brian was just kind of along for the ride. But like, <laughs> that's, six, that's like the subtitle to his life movie. Brian six of us decided that we were going to do a drive by on one of the guy's houses uh, with a pellet gun that shot like the little arrowhead size pellets oh yeah yeah and oh we actually I drove by and i was a trigger man and shot out like seven windows oh shit and then we ended up like switching cars twice dropping the pellet gun off at somebody's house and going back in a different car to another friend's house wow well, you really thought that out oh yeah we were like bound and determined because we were pretty aware that like drive-by shooting even without real bullets is really big trouble well, he learned a lot from the pencil fuck bathroom thing. But that, it, when you put that together, Mike, it doesn't sound good. Yeah, it, it sounded <laughs> no, yeah, no so much better in my head. <laughs> you you might want you might want to work on your phrasing on that. <laughs> but yeah, we uh yeah, that's uh, I I have participated as the shooter in a drive-by even though it was with a pellet gun. Wow. Too much menace to society. Yeah, it's uh, and I think the kid whose uh, house we shot up is a friend of mine on Facebook now. <laughs> I think he friended me randomly. I'm like, yeah, what the fuck? I hope he doesn't listen. Hmm. I'm sure. How much broke a kid's arm in a fight? On purpose? Yeah, I slammed it in a locker. Well, I didn't know if you were like actively trying to break his arm or whether. Oh yeah, was, I was. It was <laughs> just like a side effect of the. I was totally trying. I literally, I was trying to break his arm for sure. Yeah, most of the other stuff I was not the lead on. I was like just hanging around with a bad crowd while they were mugging. Uh, like that, for a, most of, that was the only thing I did bad with like people who you would know, people from my actual high school. With my old kids from the old neighborhood, um, th there there was other bad stuff. There were uh, robbing people, etc., beating them up. But I was just kind of there. So I would have gone down as an accessory if we'd ever gotten caught, but 
I've got to remember to ask Brian about this at Gen Con next year. So yeah, I wonder if he even remembers it. I bet you he does. We can get his version of it. Because I, I have a vague, I can't remember if it was him or Mike Gorsh who handed me the pistol while we were in the car. <laughs> just all right. Just from that sentence alone, you can <laughs> never be like any sort of like public anything. Yeah. That's crazy pants. I don't think that was on Josh's agenda anyway. No, that's true. Yeah, it sounds sounds real good if uh, anybody who's, uh, whose kids I'm teaching now yeah. <laughs> find the show. So uh, <laughs> did your parents have any like sort of weird quirks or anything? Like something that you're like, oh, dad always used to do that, you know? My dad used to, uh, every Sunday morning uh, when we were, be- my mom would be dressing us for church and getting us ready for church. Dad didn't go with us, you know, when we were really, really young. And so he would be like, when we'd be leaving for church, he'd be in the living room dancing to his music, wearing a tank top and his tidy whities <laughs> Dad was Tom Cruise? <laughs> my dad was uh, was the father from the Goldbergs. Oh, jeez. That's funny. My dad didn't go to church with us either. He and eventually we- did. But, uh, yeah, for, the, for when we were really young, you know, he didn't. Well, same with my dad. We uh, talked about the doll room a couple weeks ago where I realized that my mom may have been a hoarder. Yes. <laughs> yep. As she went from different hobby to different hobby and covered some of them in laundry and others just existed as creepy rooms in our house. Yeah. Yeah. My mom, um, my mom okay. did the doll thing, but it was all like unconstructed dolls. My dad, he, he was known for a couple things. Like one, Whenever we would go on vacation, he would video us. He got we got one of those you know VHS cassette tape um, video players, video recorders. You know, like the, it was like carrying a cabinet on your shoulder. But he would video us. But always, like every video, it's us walking away. So he would always like wait for us to walk past him. And then he would turn on the video and then like video us walking away from him. So all of our vacation videos are us walking away. One of which is actually pretty cool because we're walking away and. It was during like one of the locust years, and my mom has like a locust walking right up the center of her back, and we didn't realize that until like after we had watched the video. But he always videoed us from walking from behind, and every morning, Saturday and Sunday, he'd get up, take a shower, sounded like he was strangling a duck. That man farts in the shower <laughs> like nothing else. <laughs> It's a safe space. And it was it was actually a family joke because we're like, oh, must be morning. The ducks are out. You know. <laughs> uh, um, Somebody step on a duck? Yeah, pretty much. The only thing I can think of, uh, my mom was a huge coffee drinker, and uh, she got up to what, 20, 21 cups a day. So you would Jeez, never see my like mom. like Voltaire levels of coffee. <laughs> you would never see my mom. Uh, without a, a styrofoam cup of coffee in her hand. Um, my dad, speaking of farting, his his thing primarily was if he was sitting on the couch, usually at family gatherings, um, you'd hear a noise, and he'd be like, is there a barking spider in here? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we always knew exactly what was actually going on, but it was always a barking spider that was being blamed for it. Hmm. Do you guys remember, I don't know if my dad still had, what he was best known for was collecting and restoring classic cars. I don't know if he had any of the antique cars by the time you guys went over to my house in college. I don't remember. I think so. Because he had two 37 Chevys with running boards, one 
never worked. I think uh, they just got rid of it not working just a couple of years ago. The other one, he actually drove around. He had a 1960 Buick Electra, which had the big fins. It's a car I never got to drive and always wanted to. So badass. And he had, I want to say, four or five others. Uh, at our first house, he was renting like three of the garages in our alley. Nice. To keep cars in. And one of his cars was featured in the opening credits for Crime Story and destroyed in a stunt on Crime Story. The show actually bought it from him in oh, order very to cool. destroy it in a stunt. That's super That's super neat. That is yeah. pretty cool. Yeah. No, I remember at like his uh, third, like his third, 40th birthday and one of his work anniversaries like people would get him like banks uh or paintings everything always had antique cars because that was what he was known for I, I could remember going to camping trips that were like old antique car part swap meets and uh, just, that would be kind of cool yeah it, it was kind of cool even though like i couldn't appreciate it at the time i'd just sit with my agatha christie novels in a tent trying to ignore everything Nice. But like looking back on it now as an adult, I can appreciate what I couldn't appreciate while I was actually there. That's pretty awesome. Hobby. Yeah, we kind I kind of crossed over already into hobbies there because my parents' quirks oh. were their hobbies. Yeah. I thought I'd missed the question, so I was like trying to think. I was thinking out loud. Yeah, my uh, my dad super still is super into like ham radio. Which is, you know, we actually had the license plate on the car that had the ham, his ham radio handle or whatever they call it on there. And I know I've talked about this before, but he actually worked for the NSA for a short while after he was in the Navy. The man has some amazing abilities for radio waves. We, have, we lived in Bolingbrook, Illinois, and he went into our attic and created this spider web of copper wires up there. And basically made our entire roof into a antenna versus having an outdoor antenna, which he would have to get like a permit for and all that other other stuff. Well, one point he calls me downstairs and he's like, he, they have this phrase, CQ, CQ, CQ uh, is, you know, giving you give, means pretty much give me your location. So he's like, hey, I'm talking to these people. Come on, listen to this. So he goes, CQ, CQ. And they, they respond back with ice station zero. And I'm like, that's fucking Antarctica. It's like, we're in Bolingbrook, Illinois. How are you talking to Antarctica? So he's got in his... The, I Well, that's the thing. It's like he, he's got these things where where you would make contact with another ham radio operator. They would You would tell them your address, and they would send you a postcard that would have their code on it and all that. So it would be like proof that you contacted them. So he has a postcard from Ice Station Zero that he contacted them over the radio. And I was like, how in the hell are you doing this? Like, that is literally on the other side of the world. How are you doing this from this little box on your desk? And he's like, well, you know, you look on the on the weather channel, there's this storm front in South America, and that kind of curves the signal, blah, blah, blah. And then I kind of faded out from what he was saying. But <laughs> it was like the ham radio thing was, it, it was and is kind of his, his, his cool little hobby. I mean, he was talking to people all across the United States, and he always wanted me to, like, learn how to do it and get my own license but that was back when you had to learn norse code and that was way too much for me so you know what's uh, funny when you said that about your dad my dad when he was in the military and i don't know if he, he always doesn't talk about this but he was in the cid that was his role oh. um, and he's like i have some great stories but i can't tell. i'm like okay 
Yeah, I'm waiting, um, I'm waiting for the day where my dad can actually tell me what he did. Exactly. And my dad's in his 80s now, so I'm, you know, hoping that this comes soon. But um, he was always, and still is, he, he, he loves bad science fiction and horror films. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Gee, let me be surprised. <laughs> but yeah, and, and when he got, uh, when he was retired and um, when the video stores started shutting down, he would go and he'd, he'd just buy out a lot of the stock and he'd just watch them. And he has, well, and I've inherited a lot of it, just these collection of horrible VHS uh, movies. And he, some of them, he's, he's like, yeah, that one was pretty good. He'd like keep a log of <laughs> that stuff oh he'd watch. God. And he's like, that one wasn't too bad. That's pretty good. And I'm like, Jesus, that has Eric Roberts in it and a mosquito or something. I don't know. <laughs> Terrible. Um, and my mom, her big thing was Harlequin novels. She read one book a night. Oh. And I talked about this previously in our hobby show, I think. But Cleaning show. Or cleaning show, yeah. She, But she literally read one of those books a night. So she would go up to go to bed. And before she went to sleep, she would finish the book. Huh. Every night. Man, you had to probably had to wash the sheets every morning. Oh, Jesus. Don't put that image in my head. But it's there now. <laughs> Shut up. Peel her off the you. bed. <laughs> talk to your dad about white. See if he has a way to erase that. Yeah. <laughs> what the hell is oh, that? Oh, let's put it to get mom out of bed. <laughs> what about Jesus. you, Pat? What about your folks? Why are the uh, sheets stiff? <laughs> <laughs> my my mom. I mean, I know this is going to sound really really lame, but my mom's uh, hobby for a while was cooking. Uh, she really got into like you know cooking as you know. Uh, as an as an outlet, and she taught me how to cook and things like that. So, Did um, you know you could heat this stuff up? <laughs> but you're talking like intentionally, like finding recipes and things to yeah, yeah, yeah. Try she, out. she like she always liked to try cooking different cuisines and stuff and yeah. different personalities and things like that. So, I mean, it was a genuine a genuine hobby, you know, especially one for a, a housewife to engage in. Well, and think about if uh, with with you learning from her. I mean, you're a hell of a cook. Well, thank you. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, she gave me all my uh, all my foundations, really. Well, and that's a testament right there. there and my dad, my dad was just a collector. He liked to collect anything and everything. That's pretty much my entire inheritance. Is nothing but little, you know, knickknacks and tchotchkes and collections of different crap. But the coolest thing he, that he collected the most of was his uh, music collection: reel to reels, eight tracks, and mostly LPs and forty fives. Of everything from the 1940s all the way till you know modern 2000s, nice. probably about probably about 4,000 albums and a really kick-ass vintage uh, stereo system that I unfortunately don't have anywhere to hook up right now. But it, all the original boxes, all the original receipts, and I even found the business card of the man who sold him the stereo <laughs> system in the paperwork somewhere. Like, uh, like wow. Jesus, Dad. <laughs> But yeah, music was his big his big hobby. That's cool. That's cool though. That's a cool hobby. I can get with that. Yep. My my mom used to do all sorts of weird things. She did cross stitch for a while, and then for a long while, she, like I said, she did the um. She played wiffle ball. Yes, she was a wiffle <laughs> ball. She actually made the state uh, champions <laughs> as a wiffle ball. She was shortstop. <laughs> that and she made porcelain dolls, and that was kind of interesting because she would we would go to like these porcelain doll shows, and I. W- she would make up along with the dolls. She would make like Christmas ornaments, and I would personalize the Christmas ornaments for her. So I'd be like, you know, people would come to me like, "Oh, what do you want? Oh, I want a wreath. I want like holly or whatever, and this name on them." So I would sit there okay, and I would you get a dick butt. 
<laughs> yeah, I'm gonna dick butt on there. That'd be great. Every, no matter what everybody asks for, you just give them whatever you want. A dick, uh-huh. yeah, that's a dick butt with Holly on his ass. Um, so you like roller skating? Yeah. It was all right until the point, you know, like I would work with her at these doll shows, and it wasn't until it got kind of weird when people were like, oh, your your son. I've got the boy for him. Oh. And I'm like, listen, listen. <laughs> I'm For the last time, I'm not gay. So <laughs> stop trying to set me up with your son. It wasn't the last time. <laughs> <laughs> I told you guys about the uh, huge uh, vintage lighter collection that my dad like purchased from a friend and was stuck with. Although I think he ended up breaking even by the end, selling it off bit by bit. But yeah, he made these custom shells for all of these cigarette lighters, bunch of Zippos, bunch of stuff from Made in Occupied Japan, some desk lighters. Nice. They're all over the freaking place. That's fantastic. That, Interesting collection. I know, right? right. Well, I, I mean, I, I'm wondering what my kids are going to say and be like, hey, did you ever, you know, what what did your dad collect? You know, what did your dad do? My dad, dad left us all these fucking games. Yeah. Board games. <laughs> my dad gave me board games and tiki mugs. What the hell? <laughs> so here is the question to finish out this section. Have you ever pulled an oops on your parents? Easy for me. Nope. Although I no, I'm I'm not going into any more detail. We're just gonna go with no. Well, it would have been difficult because my mom and dad did not live together. Um, <clears throat> excuse me, my dad had problems with alcohol, and so she got tired of him because he he rode motorcycle. He, he rode a motorcycle for most of my childhood. Um, he would go out and then not come back till the wee hours. So eventually, he got his own apartment, and he lived there. They're still married. Uh, they actually live together now, but. At, for most of my childhood, they didn't, and he'd always come over for dinner. So he lived in his apartment, and he rented the lower half, and then she lived at the house with us. So yeah, never, never had the opportunity to have. What him. I was looking for a lighthearted, goofy question, and you're dragging us the fuck down, dude. What the <laughs> hell? I self-edited so mine wouldn't be even darker. That's why I just said <laughs> we're going with no. Um. Yeah, on several occasions. Are you serious? Yep. Um, no. Yep. Got to the point where I just would stand there. <laughs> and, yeah, and I got a question for you guys when you're finished. Uh, you know, sometimes I'd be wearing pants. Sometimes I wouldn't. You know. What? No. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> it sounded like a duck. Uh, yeah, I, I think twice in my, in my life I walked in on them. Um, but several times I... I heard them because the walls were thin and the bedrooms were too close together see i think i walked in on them once and it was one of those kind of like hey mom oh wait wait wait, i'm I'm gone all i can say is uh, mad props to dad (laughs) (laughs) and what no we don't need any (laughs) (laughs) now that's already too much in regards to to stamina and reviews (laughs) because my mind is like was it something he was doing was it something he wasn't i like his forms Jesus Christ! <laughs> was he like doing a handstand or something? You know? No, stop asking questions. Is it counterclockwise swirl? <laughs> Go to the break. My God! You know what my mom used to do though? She would like she'd get into bed before my dad, and then like tuck fart it up. Yeah. Yes, she would totally fart it up under the sheets, but she would like tuck them in real tight around her. And there were so many times where like my dad would go to bed, you'd hear him check the front door, he'd turn off the lights, you'd hear him walk to bed, you'd hear the sheet go, and he'd go, 
God damn! <laughs> <laughs> I didn't hear my mom giggling. <laughs> I'm just like, no wonder I'm fucked up. You know, like, yep. I that thought that was foreplay. So much. Yeah, we're done. I think I think we should stop talking now. I need closure on that anecdote. <laughs> no, you don't. Yeah. Talk about it elsewhere with Patrick Cullen yeah. or something. I don't know, dude. Give him a ring. Text him. FedEx him or something. All right. Why, why does FedEx. nobody like incest jokes anymore? Uh, I don't get it. What the <laughs> hell? I'm still shivering at the idea of you Donald ducking it around the house. <laughs> oh, so I see you've blocked that out of your memory from living with me. All right, I am severely shutting this section down. We'll be back in a little bit, and we're going to talk about parenting now, which hopefully won't be half as disturbed as this section was. You obviously don't remember No Pants Wednesdays. To be honest, most of the uh, early to mid-90s have big gaps in those (laughs) memories for me. All right, we are back, and uh, we are still talking about parenthood. We just talked not about the movie, not the movie. No, nope. even though I love it, it is a great movie. But nah. uh, <gasps> oh god, what was that? <laughs> we need to have a rom-com show because we're going to disagree on everything. <laughs> yeah, I, I can't even believe that that would be the show that we would have the most disagreement on. It's a raw <laughs> fucking rom-com show. Knife fights. <laughs> Who knew our, our emotions ran so deep? <laughs> with romantic comedies uh, so uh now it's kind of weird post 2000 some of us are parents some of us are not some of us have both parents some of us do not and uh, like some of us have more than two parents true yeah. uh yeah something we that actually happened in the then but uh seemed to fit with the now um i was adopted so my mom and dad that i've been talking about up to this point are not my mom and dad in the biological sense. And yes, we're that nice of people that we still talk to him anyway. <laughs> but in the legal sense. Um, but they raised me, so, you know, they are... And even my biological mom uh, will... The first thing she'll say when anybody it comes up is that those are my parents. Um, but in 1994, I decided that I wanted to, to find my biological family. And my mom... Um, when she was doing social work, worked for an adoption agency, as I had mentioned, and her two best friends were also ran different parts of the same uh, organization. And one of them is my godmother and the other one is still one of my mom's best friends. So it was fairly simple once I told them what I wanted to do, because I sat my parents down, they came up to visit in college and we went out to dinner and I, you know, sat them down and told them what I wanted to do. And within, uh, I'd say maybe two to three weeks, um, Everything was already in motion. They connected. Um, at that point, we had to connect through a, a group. You had to sign up with the group, and then the, the other parent, the parent would sign up with the group, and then the group would put you together. You couldn't just go try and meet them. Um, and uh, within a, a short period after that, I spoke to my mom for the first time on the phone, took a, a huge uh, bunch of notes, like jotting down things that she was telling me so I wouldn't forget. And then I remember after I was done, I went into one of your guys's rooms and just kind of sat on the floor and kind of told you everything that had happened. Um, and then on my mom's right after my mom's birthday, uh, biological mom, she came out to visit. And, uh, the first thing that I said to her when she got off the plane was, I thought you'd be taller, uh, cause she's very short, but, 
You sounded uh, taller on the phone. <laughs> you know, I had no idea, but uh, um, she was younger then than I am now, which always kind of blows my mind when I look at the picture of us because she was, I think, 37 when we met. Um, she was 17 when she had me, almost 18. Uh, my dad and her did not end up together. So I've not met my biological father, but... Um, Does you know what happened to him? I, I know what, I know a lot about him. Uh, Facebook is our friend, and he has a unique enough name that it was easy to track down. Um, so I know kind of about that side of my family, but I have not actively sought... Is it Don Cornelius? Him out. No, but uh, that's... Wow. That's a close guess. Phil Spector. Um, <laughs> the hair makes sense now. <laughs> but, uh, um, but my mom uh, married approximately, uh, let's see, I, I was born in 74. I think she got married in 76 or 78. And uh, her husband still, um, who's technically my stepdad, but I, the kids call him grandpa and um, I've always kind of considered him to be uh, my father uh, on that side, just because he's very much like me and uh, he's just a really good guy. But um, they had two kids. So I have uh, my adopted brother on my parents' side. And then on my biological side, I've got a half sister and half brother who are both getting married this year. Uh, my brother in October and my sister in. Different people, right? <laughs> yes, to different people. <laughs> my brother is getting married to his uh, longtime fiance. Um, on October 31st, and my sister is getting married to her girlfriend of seven years on, uh, I forget when it is now, February 3rd, I believe. Um, and my sister's 10 years younger than me. My brother is 16 years younger than me. Um, but so now we've all got like this extended family. So my moms, they talk to each other, they call, they write, they send birthday cards. They've even visited without me there. Um, and so, you know, essentially we're just one big family now. And, um, it's kind of fascinating because there's that whole nature versus nurture argument. And I see from growing up and then meeting my mom now that I'm kind of equal parts of both. Cause I'm a lot like my mom and dad in a lot of ways, but I'm somehow ended up like my parents. Um, but you guys have met my mom and my sister. Um, I don't know if you ever met my brother though. I don't think so. Yeah, I, I remember meeting Twyla and, yeah, of course, your, your parents. I've only yeah. met your mom. I think I've met your sister, and I know I've met your uh, adoptive mom as she chased me and Josh around the hotel in her slip. <laughs> yes, that did happen. Uh, yeah, well, my mom and sister were at my wedding, so uh, they were both, well, my sister was a bridesmaid and my mom sang, so. Um, I've never yeah. met any of these people. You were there. Shut up. He was there in quotes. I'm going to attest to that at the very least. But yeah, my brother was only four at the time. So, uh, well, no, I guess, yeah, that's right. Because my sister Sabrina was 10. Um, yeah, he didn't come out. And yeah, that's funny. I guess you guys haven't met him. But uh, it's it's kind of crazy. I mean, it's it's been really the best case scenario. Because I've talked to a lot of other people that were adopted and kind of coached some people when they were going to meet their birth parents for the first time. And every one of them, has either it's ended badly where they just, you know, there was a lot of animosity or they didn't, you know, want to talk or they kind of were together for a little bit and then just drifted apart or separated. And so I really have ended up in kind of this amazing kind of weird little pocket where everything seems to be 
Um, just just the right amounts else. of everything. Exactly. And I think part of it is because my because Twyla um, was so you know she is such a uh, just open minded person and and loving that she realized kind of where her role was and my mom of course knows her boundaries and so they uh, they work really well together. So yeah, it's kind of a kind of a cool thing. I'm a lucky guy. I think uh, probably the best direction is to go just a little bit off of the uh, beaten trail and unfortunately bring things down a bit because, well, <laughs> Joel has talked about uh, one extra parent. Both Pat and I have been through the uh, the opposite, the opposite where we have one fewer. As I mentioned in the beginning, uh, my mom passed away now 12 years ago. And, uh, yeah, it was uh, long-time listeners may have heard uh, that I mentioned uh, – that I at one point ran a fairly large gaming convention in Chicago. I was the executive director, final point of contact. Uh, and basically the buck completely stopped with me annually. I was writing a check to a hotel that was close to double my annual salary, sometimes close to triple. Uh, hmm. So yeah, people's credit cards were going into my personal bank account and uh, writing both out and in the midst of all of this the convention was always in the middle of march and my mother passed away in february of a year where the con was near at its peak so yeah she had been struggling with cancer for a long time and uh, i was already at like peak stress and uh yeah it was it was rough i know that that was a year where they kind of had to take advantage of the fact that uh we knew we weren't going to make some contractual obligations and some people had to step up and say listen josh's mother just passed away you you're dealing with me now and this isn't going to work and uh i was uh surprised and humbled in some ways by how many people from different parts of my life showed up for her wake and later her funeral. Um, just from all the way back to elementary school, high school, college, gaming, professional, just a lot of people showed up to support. And it was strange. Like at at the time, I don't remember being particularly broken up about it. I, I don't, it wasn't something that like devastated me. And uh, I guess people process grief differently. And, uh, I mean, my mom was, a a person who had a big impact on my life. Uh, I, I think in terms of, I was more like her than I ever was like my dad. He's the sort of guy that works with his hands and I really am not. Mm. And, uh, my mom was intense and, uh, intelligent and, uh, had some, uh, struggles with anxiety and depression, which are things that are much more in my wheelhouse. And uh, uh, we had a very stormy relationship through my adolescent years, as I think a lot of people have. But we were close again uh, before cancer came back after we thought she'd beaten it and actually took her pretty quick. And, yeah, it was uh, it was something to go through. I, I, I think that it's one of those things that at the time I was going through it, it didn't seem to affect me as much as I thought it would. But it kind of cast a shadow over those years. Uh, it, immediately the the couple of years before I met Sarah. And uh yeah, it's de- definitely something that uh I, I don't ever feel equipped when someone's going through that kind of loss to say, well I've been there because I, I don't think anybody's loss can be compared to another's. And I kind of feel like I handled mine in a weird way. I don't know how much of it was suppressing it, like letting it out 
and just letting it affect other areas of my life over years. But that's just, I guess that's the way I, I got to handle something that big. I don't know that there would be any other way to handle it, really. I mean, not having gone through it, of course, but I can't even fathom it. Yeah. Uh, and I'm sure uh, it is the obvious point to throw to Patrick. I, I'm sure you handle a little differently than I did. Um. Yeah. <laughs> but but also very very much bless you bless you um my father passed away a little over five years ago now um I also don't, hey pat i don't want to put that in there but you guys are the only ones that can hear me sneeze nobody else heard that oh well mike sneezed that's why we <laughs> <laughs> we're not just saying stuff yeah yeah <laughs> yeah that would be weird if nobody did <laughs> A little moment of le- levity. Great. Suddenly, suddenly, they got really religious in the middle of their podcast. I bless you. I bless you, too. <laughs> so you were saying five years ago? Yeah, uh, also from cancer. Um, also from from when we uh, he had been given a clean bill of health, and then uh, something happened, and the cancer came back. And, yeah, he was gone very quickly as well. Almost the same story. And it's been one of those things that, um, well... To just talk about our relationship, uh, we were always very close, my father and I. I've always been close to both my parents, um, even when I was kind of a little bit of a hellion. Um, I was a loner, um, but I was still, you know, as close to my parents, you know, as you, as you can be as a as a moody, shitty, you know, preteen loner kind of kid. You know, I was never mad at them. I was just mad at you know everybody else in the world. So right. I didn't really take it out on them too much. But um, my dad and I were always close. Um, and we got even closer as as uh, as I got older, and it turned into more of like a like a friendship. Like he was, I would consider him one of my best friends. Um, you know, and and, and especially after we lived together, because I, I, when he got when he first got sick, he had a heart attack, and I moved back. Uh, I left Las Vegas and came back to live with him and help him out because uh, he had gone through a divorce with my mother, and he didn't really know how to take care of himself when I. Moved in with him. He was eating tuna out of the can with potato chips on the side as his dinner. No Pringles and ham. <laughs> yeah. Nope. Tuna, tuna and, and kettle chips. But, um, and I had to teach him how to take care of himself and, you know, how to, how to you know pay his bills and how to do all this kind of stuff and just teach him how to be single because he had never done that in his life, you know, and we got really close at that point, you know, and then he, he started feeling better and I moved out and then he got sick again and, yeah, and it was just one of those things where the, the the poor man, you know, never even had a chance to enjoy anything in his life. He spent all his life, you know, earning all this money, saving it up that he never got to use. He spent all, you know, waiting for retirement, never got to enjoy it. You know, had, had two and a half years of retirement, had a contentious relationship with his with his own mother, and he only had like three and a half years without her. <laughs> and all the time that he was retired, uh, he was he was in ill health, so he got the short end of the stick. But yeah, kind of like you, Josh, um, it's one of those things that I have just been uh, grieving little by little over the years, you know, and it's something that I just, you know, cause I don't, I don't concentrate on it too much cause it'll just, you know, it can take you down if you, if you, if you just think about it too much. Kind of like we are right now. Yeah. I mean, with the topic, it was guaranteed that we're going to go through this bit of it. Yeah, of course. Of course. Yeah. I mean, and, you know, and, and you know, it it they say it gets easier every day, and it does. But by the same token, you know, I mean, it doesn't take much to make it feel like it was just yesterday. Well, just out of my own curiosity, how old were your parents, each of you? Do you know? I mean, they're age- my father. My father was sixty-five. 
And I'm so bad at this. I mean, I, I know that my mother was older than my father, I want to say by five or six years. But I mean, I, I would have to do some serious mental math and I'd be embarrassed by how far off my likely guess would be. I mean, I, I would I would say that she probably, since I believe my dad's in his 70s, having been in Vietnam, um, and it was 12 years ago for my mom. So she was probably in her mid to upper 60s when she passed. Huh. But neither one of them that old. Yeah. No. I was just thinking about our and the twee, and that's kind of what made me wonder, you know, what the... That's crazy. I'd like to bring this show up, but I have no fucking idea what to do. <laughs> well, I mean, you can talk about the fact that uh, you and Joel have something that uh, Patrick and I ha- have not gone through, and that's uh, kids of your own. You guys are parents. Yes. And that, that is, is crazy shit. First off, what things do you find yourself doing that your parents did? Oh, good question. That my parents did? Yeah. Like, what do you see yourself doing? Then you, you catch yourself after you're done. You're like, holy shit, I was my father right there. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, actually, it's more more often it's I'm emulating my mother. <laughs> where uh, not, not not so much the uh, wooden spoon, but it's just like like um, uh, my my older one went through a a goth phase when she was older or when she was younger. And it how to put it, it was kind of unusual because she's a ginger. <laughs> so like she would come out and you're like, Hey, we're going to go get lunch at Portillo's. Hey, come on down. And she would come out and she would have like this white wig on and all black. And she would paint her eyes black. And I, and honestly myself, I was just kind of like, all right, whatever. You know, and that's <laughs> like, you know, and, and to, and to parallel it, you know, she would, she would wear these, you know, she's got these, you're coming a little. <laughs> yeah. You you come okay you, all right cool whatever you know this is what we're gonna do today all right so like in the in the same vein of it like when um I was at work one day my mom called me and she's like hey is it cool if we take the girls to uh, IKEA and you know she showed up and they showed up at the house and uh, Katie shows up and she's got a white wig on and this you know dark eyeliner on and boots and all she's wearing all black and that sort of thing and and my mom was just kind of like yeah okay get in the car. <laughs> didn't even I asked her and she's like I didn't even comment on it I just let it be you know and then like halfway well, there smart enough to know that she if she she can't make any kind of a big deal out of it oh no no and that's the thing it's like you know all right is this the way you're gonna dress this morning all right cool fine whatever as long as you get your shit done I'm fine now my other one my younger one is purple hair ukulele playing and wants to be a car mechanic now what <laughs> what oh, yeah that's that's Sophie. I'm like she wants to be either a welder or a auto, automotive uh, mechanic, or a mermaid, or a mermaid. I don't even know. You know, but that's I mean that's a not well, the worst kind of profession though. I mean no, that's, not that's, at all. That's no, solid. I just did not yeah. see that coming from her. No, and she's like I mean I, I expected that more from Katie than her. Yeah, you know, Katie wants to be a graphic designer for uh, uh, animated studios, and I'm like awesome, cool. You do that. That's fan friggin' tastic. You do you do that. Sophie, she's like, why would I? W- I want to be in a position where I can do stuff for myself. I want to learn how to do X, Y, Z on my own. Why should I pay somebody else to do it for me? And I'm like, you know what? As long as you can take care of me when I'm old, I'm fine. Uh, but yeah, grow. I mean, now they're 14 and 18, and it is crazy, dude. Right? <laughs> I mean, I took I took Katie out. Katie's 
uh, 18, and she doesn't have her license yet because she really hasn't had anywhere to drive. But now she's got, now she's got a, um, she's got her own car. She bought her own car, so that's awesome. Yeah. Uh, a 2000 uh, Nissan Altima, you know, that she bought for herself, so that's awesome. Uh, went out driving with her, doing really good, does great. Got back into the driveway. She almost took out the almost took out the garage door because there was a brief. Which is the break? Which is the gas moment? Oh. Yeah. So that was fun, and Daddy kind of peed himself a little bit. But <laughs> uh, parenting is so freaking weird. I mean, because it's like I look at them, and it seems like yesterday I was sitting in the in the kitchen, and they were eating. I was feeding them off of a spoon. It's and I have no idea what happened to the last eighteen years. Joel, I mean, are you? I've I just had this conversation actually today. Uh, believe it or not, I was I was uh, uh, talking about my kids, and mine is uh, Isaiah's thirteen, Juliana's fifteen, be sixteen in January. Um, and I remember I always talk to her. You know, I'm like I remember when you would fit like on my lap, like from head to toe. That your whole body was on my lap. And now, what know, what the hell? Right now, I took her out with uh, Amy to let's see, it was not it was two weekends ago. We took her out to drive for the first time because she's in driver's ed at, at, in high school, and you know they have to log a certain number of hours. And so I, both Amy and I, wanted to make sure we were both there when she first got in a car and and drove. So you know when I was like okay, and I got out of the car, I'm like you get in the driver's seat. That moment was just kind of like, what the hell? Um, and we're just driving around the church parking lot. Uh, and she had a moment where she was coming around this corner where it kind of was on an incline. And there was one of those like awnings out above, uh, over where the entry, entryway was. So, you know, if, when people got dropped off, they wouldn't get rained on or whatever. She's pulling up around the corner and she has that same moment where she starts putting the gas on because she's on an incline. And she doesn't realize how far over the my side of the car is to mm-hmm. one of the the poles, and I'm like, break, 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 <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I nearly soiled myself. Luckily, she stopped in time, but um, it just and then thinking about Isaiah going into high school next year, it's just and there's no rule book, there's no you know real help as far as raising your kids. You just do it the best you can based on what your upbringing was and then kind of what you and your partner um see as the best course of kind of uh you know what kind of punishments what's the rewards you know what's the do you want church do you want public school private school you know there's all these things you have to figure out and you're just kind of piecing it together as you go hoping for the best yeah and i think we've done pretty well and i i think I, i know mike's done well um we've both got really unique personalities in our kids but they're good kids they have uh, a good moral center they're all you know they care about others they're not you know egocentric they're not materialistic um and they've they've all got their own certain still skill sets that i couldn't have ever hoped for doing on purpose let alone just kind of winging it um isaiah wants to be a paleontologist that's all he's ever wanted to be since he was first saw a dinosaur on uh ice age oh he, dinosaurs okay never mind yeah that's that's his thing and he's he's legitimately that's his his life goal that's what he wants to do he it never wavered it's never changed it's never 
he's on a career path. He's even in his schooling. When we went to meet with the counselor, he was working with the counselor to get classes, gearing him towards high school classes that would then gear him towards college courses in that field. Um, Juliana's a little bit more adrift ever since she hit uh, in 2014 when she started drawing and realized that she had a, a talent. Now she fills an entire sketchbook within seven to ten days. See, we got to get Juliana and Katie together. <laughs> they're they're very similar as far as kind of. Um, I mean, there. I'm sure there's a whole series. I mean, there may be the next um, uh, Watchmen, <laughs> right? Or Something, you know, that's uh, got more to it than just, you know, punching and girl talk. Um, but, uh, you know, I see her going into some form of artistic something. I've, I, I tried to steer them at one point into video game design together because she could do the artwork and he can come up with the storyline. But, um, you know, she doesn't know what she wants to do just yet. But with her passion, and her drive that I've never had, even with all the stuff I do now, that people are like, mm-hmm. where do you find the time? Why? How do you keep? so motivated and then i look at her and i'm like i i have to you know i i'm feel like i'm wasting my time because that's all she does there's either school there's sleep there's eating or there's drawing right and that and that's the same thing with katie her whole her entire um direction right now is all at rooster teeth she wants that is her goal she wants to work at rooster teeth so i mean i'm like and i'm like you know what hey you have literally met these people I have no problem, you know, as long as you keep in touch with them, do it, you know, so. And she could totally, she could totally kill at that and fit right in. Oh, yeah. Without a doubt. So, yeah, it's, it's weird. I, you know, I don't find myself doing too many things that my parents did. Like, I don't, I haven't picked up on any specific things other than, um, uh, you know, I've got my own little versions of that. Like, uh, if I make a joke and they don't get it I'll, or they're kind of looking at me sideways i'll go that's the joke <laughs> and now it's gotten to the point where they'll they'll do that to each other <laughs> like they'll say something and and they don't get any sort of response they'll be like that's the joke they've realized um, dad is just not funny <laughs> uh, no they still think i'm funny sometimes uh-huh. uh-huh. so here's a question for you joel with kids what is the worst thing that you have had to punish them for um, I think probably the biggest thing that I can think of that was uh, a problem and it wasn't even anything they did to, to, uh, you know, myself, to Amy or at either one of our houses. Um, when, uh, before the divorce, we were at, um, uh, Twyla and Artie's house and we're upstairs with Twyla and we're talking and the kids are downstairs playing in the basement and they had a walkout. They had a, a sliding glass door that went to the walkout in the backyard and all of a sudden we hear this giant crash mm. and we all go running downstairs and we're like, what the heck happened? And somehow the two of them blew out the sliding glass door. <laughs> I love how you say somehow, <laughs> but we're still not a hundred percent sure. Cause they kind of explained, but there was like no like rock anywhere. There wasn't anything. I think they kicked it in just the right spot or something where they ran into it, but somehow they broke the sliding glass door. And, uh, you know, if it was here at home, you know, punishing them and replacing it, all that is a little different than when it's at your parents' house. Mm. Cause grandma and grandpa at one point, you know, they don't want to have to sp- spend five or 600 bucks to replace the sliding glass door, but they also, you know, it's 
that's not their kids. So there's like this weird gray area. Um, and everything was fine, you know, but I, I think that's the worst thing that they've done up to this point anyway. Mm. What about you? Katie caught the bathroom on fire once. Oh, Jesus. And that's pretty bad. <laughs> it wasn't, I mean, it wasn't terrible. It wasn't awful, but it was one of those. She, she apparently was sitting on the can and we have a, you know, a box of uh, matches for lighting the candles for when it gets bad in there or whatever. And apparently she saw the box of matches, lit it, burnt her finger when she lit it, dropped the match and then set the rug in the bathroom on fire, which is one of those like dense foam ones. And the <laughs> the best the best thing about it is like she can't go anywhere because she's got her, you know, the pants around the ankle. She's not like she can get up and run away from it. So it's one of those where she just threw all the dirty clothes that were in the bathroom on top of the fire to put it out. Well, I mean, it kind of makes sense. And it was one of those things where, like, we're sitting in the we're sitting in the living room, like, do you smell that? <laughs> was, I mean, that may I, I don't, that may be the worst thing she has done because my kids are, you know, they don't, they haven't been like super like rebellious at all, but at the same time, they're they definitely are. Hey, I wonder what would happen if I did this type of thing. So, I mean, that's that, and I hate to say it, but my other one, Sophie, I'm anti- I'm still in anticipation of what she could possibly do. She's she's like my random right now. I have no idea where, if she's 14, I have no idea where the next, like, eight years are going to go. So, I think Pat can kind of attest to that one also, because she's not what you would not when you knew her as a kid it's not definitely not what you expected it to be when she was a teenager no not at all yeah Yeah, she is she has progressed quite nicely yeah i mean i think what was it the one time you were up here when she she cracked a joke at you and then like did like a smiling moonwalk away from you after like the previous time she'd like been crying no matter what yep she was like super emotional and then i don't even know what joke she told you it doesn't even matter it was all about the delivery. Yeah, but uh, I guess it's time to bring it back full circle for the question: the what is our relationship like now with our parents or parent, as the case may be for two of us? Um, I, I know for my part, uh, my dad and I uh, were never close when I was a kid, uh, and had a for no reason like. Uh, contentious sort of relationship in my adolescence and it was all me just being dumb i mean we're very different people he like i said he's a guy who works with his hands and i'm really really not and i can remember one time uh, as a teenager telling him i i'm never going to be like you and i i, I don't know how he, he took that but uh once i kind of got into that post-college life moved back home live there for a bit and then moved out again when I met Sarah, like uh, our relationship has been actually really good. And uh, he, we head over to the family home now and again, he helped out a lot with this place. Uh, Sarah's way more interested in working with her hands than I am. And she's learned a few things from my dad in terms of like rewiring things and doing this, that or the other. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, he's had some health problems over the last few years. I'm not going to, go into that into his business but uh he's doing fairly well traveling now uh, he lives with my younger brother like my, my brother his wife and their kids kind of never moved out from the family home so they're still there 
And yeah, I see them a few times a year. Not, uh, not as much as I'd necessarily like, but probably Christmas plus three or four other times any given year. Nice. So yeah, I'm still. I'm, well, I mean, I've already told you guys that if you've listened to previous shows, you know that my family lives in my mom and dad live in the same cul-de-sac as I do. So I pretty much live in everybody loves Raymond. <laughs> Except my mom is not. My mom's a little bit more wacky than she is a raging bitch like the mom was in uh, Everybody Loves Raymond. But it's the thing is, it's like I we've got a great relationship. I can go over there and say hello. I don't. They they've never been like just showing up in the house type of thing. Like they just walk in. They'll give us a call. Hey, you want to get together or you want to do something? But I, honestly, in the last twenty years that I've lived here. We only really see each other when we're driving past each other in the in the driveways. You know, give give each other the wave. Now, we still get. I mean, we still get along. We we see each other all the time. My parents uh, will you know take the girls whenever we need them. It's it's a good relationship, and it's it's nice because. My my girls will come back and be like, you know, Mimi was this. That's what they call her because originally they want she wanted her to call them, or he she wanted them to call her Grammy, but Katie couldn't say Grammy, so she said Mimi. So Mimi stuck. So now she's Mimi to everybody. So they're like, you know, Mimi's kind of nuts. Like, <laughs> you have no idea how much I understand that. Right. You know, and you're getting the grandma version. I know, right? You're getting the I'm being good to get in heaven version. <laughs> but uh but no, I mean I get along with them. Um it's going to be interesting cuz like my my sister has three kids. We've got the two girls and I don't know if I should be announcing this on the show, but whatever. It's not like you can do anything about it anyway, but my brother and his wife are finally all knocked up. Oh yeah, so they're expecting, which I think is going to be fucking hilarious because the rest of I mean the youngest of all the grandkids right now is like six. Great, I can't wait till that kid gets married before I do. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Matthew had the sex. <laughs> so I'm I'm, I'm and, I, and everybody's like, oh, we're gonna sit back and just watch this shit show. Because they've got kind of like that, oh, well, we're going to do this, we're going to do that, and we're like, no. Right. You know, he asked for advice. I'm like, don't read any fucking books. It's just a way to t- waste of time. It Nothing in the book plan. tells you. Yeah. So, t- isn't that true, Joel? Yeah. There's no... There's You can read all you want. There's no guide. You're just... Just hop along for the ride. Right. Uh, um, I, I might... I mean, both my parents... Uh, both sets of parents, I relationship is good. I mean, I uh, I see my mom and dad um, not as often as they'd like because they're in Kansas City, so uh, they'll you know they'll come up here uh, occasionally. But they're getting older. My dad's health isn't quite as good as it used to be, so it's a little harder for him to travel. Um, but uh, you know, we talk on the phone every week or two, and um, even if it's a month or so or more, you know, it's basically no time has passed. But uh, um, Twyla and, and that side, I, again, don't see him as often as I'd like, but um, we talk on the phone pretty regularly, and um, yeah, it's. I mean, there's never been any any issues. I, I again, best case scenario. Yeah, Patrick. Uh, my mother and I. Well, I've always been a mama's boy, and you know, as, as close as I was to my father, uh, my mother's always been my uh, the only person that can like control me in any kind of way. The only person that's ever been my boss. The only person that I'd actually listen to and 
The only one that actually slap you in the face? Yeah, my mother my mother has means of controlling me that others just can't and won't do and whatever. And there's all kinds of shit. She, she, I mean, she's my mother. She's the only person that I really love and respect. And, and I, could, I just, I don't, I never want to let her down. So she has power over me. Um, and she's my mother and I love her. And we have a very good relationship. She, uh, as of August, moved down, back down here to Houston. She was living in Arkansas, as you guys know. And she lives in the house with my sister and I right now. And we're all trying to get our lives back in order after the bad well, bad five years since my dad passed. We've all been kind of just wandering and existing, and we're trying to like just pick up the pieces together and move on. We totally need to like put cameras up in the house. <laughs> yeah, the other the other day I gave my mom uh, in the middle. I it's just luckily my mother is used to me being weird, but like she, I gave her the little John. She walked to the kitchen and said something to me, and without even thinking about it, I didn't understand her, and I just went, "What?" <laughs> It doesn't help that you were Donald Duck in it there as well. So. <laughs> but yeah, very close. You know, I was very close to both my parents and still close to my mother. Very fortunate to have uh, good parents. I don't blame them for, for the way I turned out. I do. Yikes. <laughs> Seems like it was just the other day that Patrick was teaching me to drive. <laughs> Oh my God, Josh, are you the closest thing to my son? <laughs> that is the most fucked up thing I've ever heard in my life. Uh, I may be Donald ducking it myself right now. <laughs> I, I'm in my bedroom alone. You better believe I am. <laughs> well, I got no idea. Uh, I mean, how did you get? Let's go from here to punishments. Yes. Oh yeah, oh punishments. God. I'm out. Yeah. <laughs> Um, there's a lot of punishments in our house, but it's usually be- between my wife and I when I've been bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of. Um, yeah, we we punishments and we've been a lot of the taking the phone away, me turning off the Wi-Fi. That's always a fun one. Um, I'm trying to think of other hiding the gaming controllers. Yeah, taking taking the power cable to the PS3 so that way they can't watch Netflix. You know, that sort of... It, it's weird because it, what, what used to be me being chased around the house with a salad spinner, it turns into me just taking a cable away. And it's like, it doesn't feel like I'm giving enough effort as I should. <laughs> <laughs> but it's much more powerful. Oh, I'm yeah. Less likely to get to a call on from the... What was, uh, what was the... Um, I saw something once where it's like when you when you punish your kid, you don't take away their phone, you take away their charging cable, so that way they just watch their phone slowly die. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, that's good, that's good, that's I like good. that. Have have you guys? Well, not I mean, the, Joel, have you ever had an oops? Uh, not with the kids, no. What, like the mailman? Who's, yeah, who's <laughs> walking in on you having sex? Uh, no, but um, the, when I. That's going to be background, Phil. <laughs> when I moved back to Kansas City when I was living with my folks for a few months before when the house I'm was ready to be moved in. you. <laughs> there, there was uh, one incident there, um, but uh, it, it was just like door started to open and then was shut. So nothing was seen or anything, but it was interrupting things that were happening. Yeah, um, yeah no, with the kids, I mean... Uh, I, I mean, usually the door was shut and locked, so there might have been a knock on the door. But yeah, no actual like walking in. No. The the I, best slash worst one. 
was one, one of my knocking on the door. Set. Then it's the awkward, yes. And then through the door, why is mama crying? <laughs> I'm just like, it's all you. I have absolutely nothing to do with this conversation. I'm out. <laughs> I'm, my, my mom once, when I, <clears throat> this should, should have been in the in the then. I should have talked about it then. I'm, but my mom once walked in on me when I was like 13, uh, having alone time with myself. And we like totally, you know, and I totally made eye contact and everything. She was walking in with the laundry. Oh God! And just just total eye contact as she just goes and just sets sets it down on my dresser and just backs out of the room with her hands up like I wasn't here. <laughs> <laughs> I have nothing to do. I I do recall like for the then a moment of my dad explaining to my mom, look he takes long showers fine. <laughs> Leave it alone. Trust me on this. But everything's crunchy. <laughs> Look yeah. at this towel. It won't even fold. <laughs> wow. <sighs> we go through so much soap. <laughs> it's like a Jackson Pollock painting in here. Spice is cooking oil in the painting. I think we have derailed. Oh my yeah, god, so we have derailed. Maybe we're to the point where we need to talk about our last show before we go into Octobu. No, I think we need to give thumbs up, thumbs down on our parents. <laughs> I think it's a uh, thumbs up all the way around. I don't think we had bad parents. Yeah, I, I give I give a thumbs up all around because the fact that I made it to the point where I am, they haven't like smothered me in my sleep. <laughs> so, gentlemen, what are we talking about next week? Oh, we are uh, going to be avoiding some clear and present danger as we uh, tackle the hunt for Red October and Jack Ryan the series. Yeah. Are we doing any more Jack Ryan stuff? I think we're, for reasons I will go into when we do the show next week, it's best if we focus specifically on Hunt for Red October and Jack Ryan. Yeah. And I think it'll make sense to you if you've seen the whole catalog why those two are the best to uh, to contribute to one another. Uh, If you have thoughts on stuff we've said about our parents or you want to share an anecdote about your own or you have anything to say about Jack Ryan's catalog and the fact that we're ignoring Harrison Ford and the other 15 people who played him, uh, give us a call. Let us know at 708-NOW-RAP. That's 708-669-9727. Yep. And uh, as always, iTunes, Blu-ray, Stitcher, TalkShoe, Podverse, FM, Noon FM, and iHeartRadio. And come on by to podchaser.com and leave us a review. Uh, that's kind of like the IMDB for podcasts, and it's pretty cool. I mean, you can type in some sort of like keywords, and it will uh, suggest podcasts for you that you may be interested in. So uh, next week, though, let's uh, talk about a Russian-Scottish accents and uh, some Jack Ryan on our faces, he said. <laughs> some young Alec Baldwin. Yeah, yeah. Like, right, like just post Beetlejuice Alec Baldwin. What the hell? Yeah, the CIA analyst who is the smartest guy in the room. Yep. All right, we will talk to you next week. Thanks for listening.